0: Okay. Recording in progress. Hello, everybody listening. Uh, those of you hanging out live, as well as the OIMOP replay. Got a few folks here. And uh, I'm going to let Olivia's here. I'm going to throw her under the bus with some SEO questions. And then I have a few SEO and YouTube. Um, together, they're they're the same. Not the same, but they're, they're similar in my head. So I have a few topics I want to cover. But that said... Um, Olivia, since you have some stuff, what you know, are there sure. like specific questions? or you would give us some context first?
1: Yeah. So um, you recently posted that list of people to follow on Twitter. And so I started following some and suddenly my head is exploding. I SEO. <laughs> I know. And it's very inspiring and a little intimidating. Um, and so I'm thinking I need to get a little more serious about actually using SEO in my blog. Um, up to now... A lot of uh, so this is fingerlakesfamilyfun.com. So it's a regional travel family travel um, site. And up to now, it was really all about proving to myself that I can do this, but I've been doing it now for a little while. And you know, I have my 30 posts or something up there, and they're doing okay for what they are. Um, And so now I want to really start building on that. And um, SEO obviously is going to be key for that. Um, but I don't really know what that looks like for my kind of site. Um, and I did I put this in Slack too. I don't know if anyone really saw it, but I got a couple of answers. So um right now the way my site is built up is essentially um I have as categories, I have different kinds of things people might want to do, such as you know, museums and history, um, wineries. Uh I, I don't quite remember all by heart now, but <clears throat> different categories like that. And then I, I also did geography, like the 14 counties of this region, and those okay. are used as tags. Um, and so people can look on the site by yeah. those. But what I was wondering is what does pillar content look like for a site like this? You know, would I be writing about um, a particular type of topic? Like, waterfalls, waterfalls are big here. <laughs> yeah. And would I then write, you know, 20 best waterfalls in finger lakes and then kind of do more of those things to cluster around them or yeah. What does it look like?
0: <laughs> Great question. And before I give anybody else a chance to talk, I want to weigh in, um, two things I'm going to do a blog post or YouTube video about this. Cause I feel very passionate about it. Blogging versus niche site. Are they the same thing? No. Absolutely not, in my opinion. And I, wanna, I just want to hash the 10-second version out of this right now. I feel like niche sites are a very specific type of content that is designed for one purpose, and that is SEO and Google and being found in search. And a lot of people think niche site's bad. That's not what I want to do. I don't even want to write for SEO. That's fine. You don't have to. That is what I consider blogging. Jessica is on our call right now is primarily a blogger. Correct me if I'm wrong, but from my eyes, I see what you create as blog posts or articles that are original. They have research and education behind them. Some of them are teaching. Some of them are sharing experiences or whatever. Niche sites are not inherently bad or scammy or less creative per se. They're just targeting Google search results. And by the way, the reason I don't think they're bad even though a lot of people do produce really crappy content it's because on my niche site, I think I have better content than those people on page one. And if I can rank higher than them, I'm doing the world a service. You're welcome world. There you go. There's my rant. Sorry, Olivia. Getting back to your question. Um, I have been noticing a lot of niche site people like those people on Twitter, who, by the way, are insanely active. On Twitter, you probably noticed this, right? They're just like thread after thread after thread, most of which is actually really good and helpful. It's kind of insane to me. Um, like, why don't you guys just yeah. write blog posts to this? But I'm fine with it. Um, it's Twitter for now. It's free, and they're they're smart. Anyways, I've been noticing a lot of them having travel related sites. Which a year ago, if you told me this, I wouldn't have had an answer for you. I'm like Finger Lakes. Okay, it's a travel site. Like, oh, that's a that's a Blog. I know some people are searching for some things around here, but like, oh, you could go try different cities in your 14 counties and you could do different things and you could write them about it and you could maybe get some sponsors that'll pay you to come to their hotel. I personally wouldn't touch any of those things. Now that I see like what some of these niche site people are doing, and that is every single little tiny search query you can get your hands on, I would write a piece of content about even if it's only 500 words or 750 words make it good of course that, that kind of goes without saying but here's where i would start you were asking about your site structure really the pillar posts in my opinion are going to be your the best places to visit in michigan are we a finger lake state where the hell are the finger lakes new york new york hey don't judge um i'm from the south Man, I don't know any of this stuff.
1: Clearly, I haven't done my job yet because otherwise you would already know, right?
0: I know. That's BS. If you're if a your blogger in Google, I would have known this information. No, I'm joking. Um, best X to do Y. And the reason I would start with this, and by the way, you, you mentioned best waterfalls to visit and yada, yada. That's mm-hmm. a perfect one. Um, the cool thing about those types of posts is, quite frankly, you should be able to like Copy and paste, change a few things, and then have another post. Best places to visit in Central New York. Best places to visit in Upper New York. Best places to visit in this city, in this city, in this city, in this city. you have to change the content. But it, it gives you somewhere where you're not starting from scratch. The best waterfalls in this place. The best waterfalls in this place. And I wouldn't worry so much about pillar content. I would just try to find some, like, Categories like that, not necessarily things to do, but it's kind of what it is, right? Waterfalls, museums, mm-hmm. you mentioned that sort of stuff. And then look up how many of those you could do. Like best museums, I guarantee you there's like 30 blog posts in there. The best museums for Seneca mm-hmm. and this, the next city and the next city and the next city. And what I'm seeing from all these new say people is quantity over, not quantity over quality. That makes it sound like you should just not care about quality but quantity over word counts does that make sense Mm -hmm. um best museums for yada 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 that's a category right there you already have one you have like 30 posts in there that you could do um i'm trying to think of more but i don't know i'm not
1: so so you're thinking kind of best museums by by geography or also, by topic, like best museums for children, best museums for science, best museums for like nature centers
0: <laughs> both, but you're a local travel blog if you do best mm-hmm. museums for kids, you'd have to you'd have to still do geography, right like best museums for kid in New York, Yes. right else you're writing about stuff all over the world, technically um, I don't know yeah I, I you know mean, mean
1: for the finger lakes yeah, best science museums in the finger lakes.
0: Yeah, all of the above, but the key is to find what people are searching for. Not mm-hmm. forget the word keyword research. Like, forget how many <clears> visits, <throat> but just make sure people are searching for something like this. For example, I'm going to share my screen just because I know y'all aren't doing nothing. Kevin's not working. Let's be frank. You have COVID. I'm joking, Kevin. I'm throwing you on the bus. Um, actually, we're going to do Finger Lakes. Finger Lakes. Trafficking? That sounds like something we do not want to write about, per se. Finger Lakes wineries is one of the bigger ones right here. So Mm -hmm. right here, that's four blog posts. All right, wineries. If I were doing your site, no joke, I'd do this and get like 100 of them, and I would probably copy these and go to like hrefs, which I don't have at the moment. Um, But you could do, ah crap, I don't have keywords everywhere either. Okay, well, I I would do keywords everywhere because it's super cheap. And I would just look on here and see if, I mean, people are searching these things. Which is the warmest Finger Lake? That's not really wine related, but you could do that too. Um, And then I would do Finger Lake museums. Top museums in Finger Lake, New York. What is the prettiest Finger Lake? No, 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 no. Okay, well, there's more, but um, which museums in Finger Lakes? Hmm. Uh, well, not really giving you anything useful here, but best museums, best museums, Finger Finger Lakes. Was any of that helpful? I don't feel like this little sh- screen share was, but.
1: Um, I think so. So, I mean, a lot of kind of lists, <laughs> top 10 well, type posts. I mean, so I think yes. what I'm realizing about how I want to be writing blogs is that I I'd like to be as hands off as possible. So I I'm not currently crazy about pursuing a ton of sponsorships and stuff like that, cause that's a lot of work. <laughs> Yes. Um. Hence my renewed interest in SEO. However, what I could see myself doing is writing this type of blog post, and then I I might write uh, the ones I've done so far. I was joking to a friend; they're all very lovingly written. They're like long. They're very well researched. They're well received, but they're a lot of work and don't actually produce any income currently. So, um, I think I would be fine doing that for institutions that I want to support, like state parks and. Uh, I don't know nonprofits, but uh, maybe where eventually some of the money could come from uh, through sponsored posts or something similar is to approach them. Once I've written these kind of listicle types, um, approach them and say, "Hey, I'd love to do an in-depth review of you because I really like your ice cream. Um, Want to pay me? I'll do you know Instagram, blah blah blah. Um, I'm already getting my X views per month, so you'll be exposed to this many people, etc."
0: No. You said you have 30 posts. Roughly, where's your traffic at?
1: Uh, low. <laughs> I, I actually don't know exactly. It kind of goes up and down. As I post something and throw it into a Facebook group where lots of people are interested, it goes up and spikes. Um, so I would say my organic traffic is like 30 a day or something. Okay. So what I need to do right now is like really just build up the traffic and build up my Instagram account because Instagram is big for travel.
0: That's fair. Um, Instagram, it's one of those, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I personally have zero interest in any social medias whatsoever these days. (laughs) And I
1: surprised myself by kind of enjoying the Instagram experience. I I hated it for a long time and and didn't want to do it. And now suddenly it's like, Oh, I'm actually getting to know, you know, places and, and people.
0: Well, yeah, keep doing it. Um,
1: but in terms of SEO, what I just outlined, does that sound reasonable?
0: I kind think combined so. Combined
1: with what you were saying?
0: Yes. But um, the other things you didn't say that I would add is quantity, quantity, quantity. And uh-huh. okay, did they say uh, ABP,
1: always be posting?
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I'm spending too much time on
0: Twitter. <laughs> People pick up stuff like that all day long. It's funny. Um, yeah. As many humanly posts as you could push out. I would get to 100 as soon as humanly Mm -hmm. possible. And not again, not that you can sacrifice quality per se, but they definitely don't need to be made with love. What they need to be made with is answering somebody's questions and people Mm -hmm. who do best museums in New York. They want a list of 10 with links where they can learn more info and what you like about each and the more Mm -hmm. actual experience you have. If you've been to any of them, say so like, yeah, I took my family to this one and my seven-year-old loved it. I can read that sentence and I'm sold. I don't even care who wrote it. Just like I see mm-hmm. a parent. I'm looking for someone where my kids, that's authority to me. No more love is needed. Um, I don't need to see pictures per se if you have them great, but I don't, I don't need to be convinced that much. Just answer the query as fast as humanly possible. In, as, and as not necessarily terms. long, not necessarily long. And they do a bunch of internal links. A bunch of internal links. Using Pete's link pages. Has anybody touched this spreadsheet? Mm. I've only, I mentioned it in Slack like two months ago. I use it every single time I publish anything now. I never use my own tools more than like 10 times. (laughs) I I use those all the time. Link pages. Hang on, I'll get a link to it. Link pages. Yeah. I opened
2: it up, I think yesterday or the day before, and I looked at am like, I need more context on this,
0: um, but it looked really intriguing. I'm guessing it's just for like in like a blog post and like the things like how you're proposing linking it out and things like that. Yeah. So I have a tutorial loom video that's like five minutes long. It's in uh template jam. It's right next to the link, a tutorial on how to use it. So I will just send you that actually. Template jam. Oh, hell. Yeah. You just throw in your keywords. Whatever you, like, for example, I just wrote a post. Keyboard mods. M-O-D-S. Keyboard mods. And oh, hell, I'll just share my screen. Why not? You guys aren't doing anything. You know what we This is the one everybody can copy, but I have this one. <laughs> I should use this for, like, every post. I'll throw in the keywords that I just did. I just click on this one. I'm not doing, like, backlink outreach. Like, I've Refuse to do that. So I pretty much ignore this. Oh, pretty much ignore the external links. But if you do that, more power to you. Um, I just do internal links. I come over here. I opened up the first couple of results. This is my homepage. So I, I didn't do that one. And then I add internal links in these two posts. So basically, it's just trying to figure out what Google sees as relevant on your site. So for my keywords, keyboard mods, I just searched my site. And these are the top posts that Google thinks is relevant right now today. So I just went and added internal links to my new post. Does that make sense, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely. That, that was all the tutorial I needed. That was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I probably should put a link to that Loom video at the top of the, the spreadsheet. That's what I should do. do. that. Smart travel. It's a weird, It's a weird niche. It's hard. It's not as straightforward as others. Finger lakes. What am I thinking of? The Great Lakes. Michigan is connected to a Great Lake. Not Finger Lakes. Sorry, Olivia. That's quite all right. That was fun. And thank you. You're welcome. Um, Keep me posted with any further questions because I want to see how it goes. Uh, Shoot me, shoot me emails. Imaging edge webcam. What's up, Allison? Jessica? Kevin? Kevin's rocking a fancy background in his office these days. Yeah. All right. What's new? What does everybody, does anybody have any uh, new things they're working on? Improving old things that they want to talk about? Cool. Good. All right. Well, then I'll pose a question. This is for Olivia, me, and probably Wendy, and maybe all of us. Sorry, Wendy, I'm going to you under the bus. So those of you who are focused on one project, what are some things you do to stay to put down other ideas. I ask him for a friend. Not really. I'm asking for myself. I have like five projects that I'm really excited about that I don't have time for. Oh, I know it. I'll tack on a better question. How do you drop not brand new projects that you haven't started yet? You're like, Oh, I don't have time for that. So I'm not going to do it. How do you drop projects that you've already started and have invested time into sunk costs? Anybody have thoughts on this?
3: I have thoughts, but I'm not sure if I know how, how best I want to explain it because I go through this all the time. It's like, Oh, here's a great new idea, but we're working on these other things right now. So what happens to the idea? Because you feel like, If you don't act on the new idea, then it's going to get lost or it'll never come up again, which is not true because it probably will. (laughs) Um, I write everything down in a notebook. Like, I mean, you have your notebook, Pete. Um, And I give it probably an hour to flesh out how I would have even approached this idea. Is it a YouTube channel? Is it a podcast? Is it a blog? What is it? Is it a business idea? And then I leave it for a couple of days to give myself the time for the excitement and the woo to wear off. And then I come back and see if it even fits in what I, with what I'm doing, or if this is something that I can start in six months or a year, like the book cover that I asked for help for. Yeah. Um, I decided to shelve that for later this year. Do I still have the outline? Yeah. Um, great input, but I had to decide which book was going to be done at which at what time. And it was it wasn't a matter of saying no, but just saying not right now. I like that. Mm -hmm. I kind
1: of agree with that. I I do something similar. I I work in Evernote and I have a folder where I push stuff that, so I have a folder of active projects that I really want to work on and make progress on this week. And every, I do, this is kind of based on getting things done um, my version of it. Um, And so every week I do a review and I kind of decide which projects am I going to work on. And so I have this folder of inactive projects um, And after a while, I figure out which ones I never want to touch for active projects and those (laughs) clearly are not as high a priority, but I know they're still there, so they don't really torture me. Um, and I think it's really important what Wendy said, like not now it's not, it's just taking a break on that project and yes, it might never actually get done, but that's because then clearly you weren't as invested in it or in that idea.
0: Hmm. Um, so it's interesting. I was reading this book last week. My friend Nick True told me I should read. Um, I actually emailed my newsletter um, about it today. It's called Make. It's really interesting. It's about a guy. Have any of you heard of Nomad List? Or ah, there's one or two other sites. Nomad List um, is really great. It's, it's cool. It's a cool little app. Cool website. The guy who founded Nomad List is like this indie developer he he likes to use the word indie meaning he has like a dozen apps he has no team and i, I think he, he makes like three four million dollars a year at this point from all of his apps and he wrote this book called make it's thirty dollars i bought it last week it's actually really cool and it's about this lean approach i had to use the word lean like lean startup i think most people kind of misidentify with that, but part of what he argues is, is this idea of extremely lean, like micro testing new ideas and projects. And his take is, he's talking about apps and coding and building websites and all that stuff. But I think for all of us, um, man, product validation. Uh, Like we hear this when we know what that means, right? Like trying to pre sell a product before we build it or gauge interest in some other way and yada, yada. Since I read that book last week, I've been thinking about how could I do this with like literally every idea that comes in, like not even like new business, but, but like new YouTube mini series or something like, how could I better validate these ideas before I spend any time on them? Because I So tired of doing things that I thought were kind of validated, but I didn't enjoy doing. My audience didn't actually end up getting that much value out of or purchasing or I saw no engagement or I feel like I've been off the mark for the past six months to a year with a lot of these ideas and products and projects and stuff like that. And so just this past week, I've been thinking about Olivia's Evernote thing, having some just like a list of ideas, which I have. Oh, I did mine in Workflowy. Um that's what this guy uh, I think his name's Peter actually levels.io. He uses a workflow kanban style board that is just like cool ideas I have shows potential in progress or like active actively building and then he has two more columns succeeded failed and like as soon as he knows something's not going to work he just like drags it over into the failed column. It's going to show you guys again, but I don't feel like the columns are concepts. We just put a bunch of ideas, promising, building, success, failure. It's really interesting. Hmm. Excuse me.
2: Are you having a like conundrum of some sort like i feel like it would be helpful to hear some context when in answering the question yeah you pete like are you is this something you're struggling with and could you provide us with a little bit of context because i i feel like i have things to say but i don't know if it's relevant because i feel like i don't know the context
0: sure yeah Uh, i i have always struggled from this um i've written about this several times like tend to be the person who can move just fast enough to execute on a lot of different things. But even when I shouldn't, like I've always been that person and I was telling them earlier, I don't know if you were on the call or not. Literally this morning I was like, all right, it's like I do this like once a month. I'm like having this little freak out of like, okay, whoa, 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 wait, wait, I think I've like said yes in my brain to a, a few too many things Let's come back. Let's do some journaling. I was like, okay, what do I want to work on? Like, let's start there. And I finished my list, <laughs> like I told them earlier. And it was still like eight things long. And I was literally, I was literally just like looking at this page, like, oh crap. <laughs> that didn't help me at all. I need to do some some further like whittling down on the list. The context for me right now is do you even blog? It's one of those ones that I'm like. Maybe I should just cut this off entirely right now, which is weird because it's been my main focus, the main project for the past five years at this point. But now I'm kind of reaching this turning point of like, I think maybe I cut this one. So that was where I added more context to the initial question of like new ideas I got. I got my workflowy Kanban style board. I put them under concepts. I got 20 business ideas right here, ready to go. Not going to work on mm-hmm. any of them in the near future. But looking back at stuff that I've already invested five years of my life into, I'm like, the question is twofold. Number one, could I cut this? Number two, or actually three questions. Number two, should I, that's the hard one, right? Should I cut out my main business at the moment? And then number three, like, what would that look like? Phasing out, selling it, ignoring it what do I have to do in my own head? What do I have to tell my wife and my family if I decide to do this? Like, how do I navigate that process? Which is way more than I want anybody to comment on right now on this zoom call. But if you do have thoughts, of course, maybe a bit helpful for somebody else besides Pete too.
2: Yeah, no. Well, one thing that I was thinking about was like, it depends on what you want, right? Like, it depends on. Bye. Um, like whispering. Oh, you know, like, do you? Could you just put it on hold? That's that's one thing that I do. Is like, if there's something that I'm like, oh, I don't know, I like put it on hold for a period of time, and I put it in my like future bucket, or I say decide this in Q three. Um, kind of thing i don't like it's but it's hard when it's your main brand and is it still your main source of income
0: yes and technically yes Mm -hmm. however it's weaning and has been uh bleeding the past 12 to 16 months 18 Mm -hmm. months it peaked in late 2020 early 2021 and everything i've launched uh, from a product perspective in the past nine months has fallen completely flat, completely mm. flat. I make less money now from Do Even Blog than I did when my audience was 7x smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> historically, yes, main source of income, the past six months, steady decline. And at the same mm-hmm. time, I have other projects that are steadily inclining. So they haven't crossed mm-hmm. each other in terms of revenue yet, but in terms mm-hmm. of potential, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you, so. and so then you have projects that are steadily increasing. Mm-hmm. If you spent more time doing those, would you be able to generate more income?
0: Yep. 100%. I feel like really Are
2: you good like if you just if you were like okay I'm going to shut down do you even blog tomorrow would you be okay financially?
0: Hmm. Depends on what I would project making passively for the next like 6 months. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have to crunch some numbers.
2: Mhm. I wonder if you could do that? Yeah, I think sometimes things feel a lot scarier when they're unknown rather than actually knowing what the numbers would say to then be like, okay, what does this mean for me? Then what would I need to do otherwise? Mm -hmm. Um,
3: And then once you do that, you could say, maybe I'll just step away for a month or I'll step away for a quarter. mm -hmm. And then work on these other projects that are increasing in revenue and then reevaluate the next quarter. Mm
2: -hmm. Or you could sell it. I guess the thing that I'm sensing from you is that you're less excited about it than you are about a lot of other things. Is that accurate? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. What's holding you back? Like what's holding you back from just, Selling it or stopping.
0: The fact that the revenue from side projects hasn't quite been validated. Am I confident? Mm. Yes, but it actually hasn't happened yet. Mm. Um, which makes mm. me more nervous. Like I can project all I want to, but at the end of the day, things do happen from time to time and
1: mm-hmm.
0: Google updates happen mm-hmm.
1: and/or mm-hmm.
0: Life emergencies or whatever, and so mm-hmm. no, technically, those revenues aren't there yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so Could the thing you- that's stopping.
2: Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's just time. So back mm-hmm. in November and December, uh, I had basically said the next six months, I want to try and work on do you even blog a lot less. I want to spend a lot more, a lot less of my time here, and I defined a number of hours mm-hmm. per week. I've been pretty close i've been, I've been mm-hmm. still working on it but it's been about that um with the idea of okay i need to see if these other projects are going to have the potential and at the mm-hmm. moment i'm still thinking the same thing of like okay how much longer do i need to wait before i make mm-hmm. like a definitive decision of some sort and i don't know yet so that's where
2: i wonder if you could put some like metrics in place to say like this like to ask yourself what would i need to see to make this shift and to like have that plan for yourself in advance because it's hard to it's hard to actually like pull the trigger on something like this but if like right now you say here's what i believe that i would need and i would feel good about making a transition then say you're there in in 5 months or something then you can be like, okay, why did I feel comfortable five months ago when I said this? When in when at that point you might not you still might be like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. <laughs> but this is what I said was enough.
0: Yeah, right. For yeah, me. I, get that.
2: I don't know if that would be helpful too.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of the rest of you care about any of this, but I, while we're talking about Pete, as well open up part of it for me has been, um, I don't think there's many decisions right now that need to come as a result of this, but I have been seeing engagement with my brand to use a fancy broad term decrease for two and a half years, really steadily too. Um, and I've always been thinking of like, why is that? What's been happening? What have I been doing or not doing? What could I do different? I've been thinking, I've been asking myself these questions for like two years at this point. And I kept trying new things and I kept trying new things or different things and pivoting and back and forth a little bit and never really found a conclusive answer. And I've tried, like I've done the, the research, the, the analytics on my own stuff and i think that's part of my uh i'm not gonna say burnout it's not burnout at the moment i'm not really that upset by it but it's kind of like been leading to these decisions and actually i know for a fact i'm not the only one feeling these things because i have at least two other people who aren't on this call thankfully but are going through the same thing like the world in general is not opening as many emails or buying as many like courses, online courses and all these different things. And it's leading to a bunch of people to question like, man, is there anything I can do? Do I just need to wait this out? Are things going to change? How are they going to change? What do I need to change? Um, yeah. I feel like I know it's not just me too, but I feel like it's been a messier. Um, It's, It's made planning, strategic planning, more complicated. I feel like the past couple of years in the pandemic than ever before. I was trying to figure out a way to put that, but I don't know.
2: So what are some of the ideas on your list that you're really excited
0: about? That I'm really excited about? None. Mm -hmm. Zero. I don't have them that I'm semi uh, excited about mm. mostly just niche sites, just different projects mm-hmm. where I don't have to deal with customers. I don't have to provide support.
2: You don't want to deal with us.
0: I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> you asked, I'll tell you the truth. It's not <laughs> y'all. It's nothing personal. It's everything. Um, I don't mind telling you guys this cause you probably already know, but like even planning this retreat, it's like, This is the first time I've ever done this. I had zero help. Um, And I made like one or two stupid decisions, which by the way, it was like, hey, what do you guys think about these houses? Like posting in Slack. No, (laughs) never doing that again. That was terrible. Um, Like those are lessons I could continue carrying forward. But I was telling Raina this yesterday. I was like, "Like, I don't want to make this snap judgment now, but I'm already feeling like I don't know if I'll ever do this again. Uh, I don't know if that's actually true. I mean, I, I know these sorts of the sorts of things for in-person events and retreats. It's when you're there that you're like, this is what it was for, right? Like connecting in person. So worth it. But at the moment I'm like, F this, I don't (laughs) want to do this anymore. Selling online impact. It's like, uh, it's like pushing a snowball uphill. It's like rolling a snowball downhill, whatever metaphor that is. It's so hard for me to sell on that impact. Selling BMF was a joke. Like it just did not work whatsoever. And it's all these things that I'm like, I like coding and I like niche sites where I don't have like as much support Mm -hmm. stuff. Everything can be automated and systematized. I get the kind of work how I want, which is creating content. I can do that all day, every day, like writing, producing videos or podcasts. Like this is what I do. Like, I just love it. And if I can do those things at the moment, it's not that I'm excited about it, but I'm like, I can get to 5 p.m. before my kids come home, and I feel energized, not drained. Yeah,
3: I know that feeling. All right. Like, one, just wanting to focus on and create the content, um, screw the other stuff, because that doesn't bring you any kind of joy <laughs> at all, and it just it makes you start to dread getting up doing the things you need to do in your business or, or whatever. And I think that what happened a lot, like pre pandemic was everyone's like, uh, you got to build out your team. You got to have support. You got to have courses. You got to have all these things, but it didn't take into account the fact that that doesn't work for everybody. And that some of us really are. Okay creating content that some of us are okay without providing support. My tech support job is very, very draining. And I don't even do it that much, but like 11 o'clock in the morning, I'll look and I'm like, I can't answer anything until two. I'm not even in the right headspace to answer a simple WordPress question. It just because I would rather just create the content. I would rather just do it.
0: Yeah. Um, this is part of might be spoiling for all you FinConners out there, but me and two other people are doing a talk at FinCon on mental health and creating and stuff like that. And one of the ideas I wrote down, I don't know if we'll do this, but am I comfortable being that person? So I've talked about this before in online impact. Like um a, a game changer for me was hiring a business coach who asked me what my definition of success was. First of all, I've never had an answer to that. If you ask me right now, I would not be able to tell you. I have no idea what my definition of success was. But I did enough hard work where at the time she asked me that, I was able to think about it for a few days and weeks and like think about my life and what I wanted to come up with it. And then something funny happened. And that is, I conquered that definition of success. I made it happen. Like I made changes, I set my life up to be that definition of success. And I couldn't hack it. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle being that person. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that was going to FinCon last year and being around everybody who was working hard, hustling, wanting to learn, wanting to network and strategize and mastermind and brainstorm and like get ideas. And I was the person that was like, I feel alone. Cause I don't want to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't care to learn right now. I don't care to network or mastermind. Like I can't, I'm burned out on all those things. Right. And I felt like shit as a result of that, I was like, I'm the one wrong. I feel bad. Like what's wrong with me I don't want to learn and network and get better and hustle and hustle and work harder and work smarter and all this other stuff. So yeah, I feel like you, I feel like, at some point, we have to like make a conscious decision to actually do the things that we mm-hmm. say we want to do, but we also have to do the hard work of being comfortable being that person. I have no idea if any of that made sense to you guys. <laughs> In my head, it's crystal clear, though. No? Just me? Okay. That's fair.
2: Well, I think it's okay to have seasons of life where you're not that person and where you don't want to be that person. Like, I feel like we all have different seasons where we want different things and we can show up in different ways. And most of the people at FinCon were probably people who were like in their first or second year running their business, starting their blog. And they're all like, woohoo, I need to learn all the things. Right. And they're like soaking everything in like a sponge. Whereas like some of us are in different places than that now. You know, like, I'm not, if I went, I'm not going to FinCon, but if I were, I wouldn't, I would be going to, like, hang out with people that I already know. (laughs) Right? Like, I'm not, I wouldn't be going to, like, meet tons of new people. I wouldn't be going to, like, any sessions except keynotes. I would be, I'd just be like, I want to hang out with my friends and have fun. And I feel like that's okay. I don't know.
0: That sounds like my everything. I feel like, that's all I do. I, feel,
2: I know, but I feel <laughs> it. Like I, so here's what I'll say. Like, I feel like you're being too hard on yourself because like, sure, you had this definition of success and then you did it and then you were like, eh, but this isn't exactly what I want. Like, I feel like we're always changing and evolving and realizing like what we want over time and that it's all just like an experiment to be like okay let me try this oh that wasn't it let me try this let that wasn't it but we're like you know as we try things we're getting like closer and closer and closer and it sounds like you've learned a lot of things through all of the things that you've tried and if you've learned something it was a successful experiment yeah i'm on jessica
4: i'm with jessica on this one i kind of realize that there's two different, for me, there's been two different seasons of life that I find myself going through. And I call them like the building season and the momentum season. And so there are two different things where it's like, I'm in the middle of trying to build foundations and figure stuff out. And that's when I need to be learning a lot. And then I get to a point where I'm like, I need to rest for a moment. And those are momentum seasons where I just take what I've already done and built. And I just stick with that. And I find that what I want or what I need in different seasons, changes a lot as I change and grow. And, you know, I, I think I heard someone explain like this the other day, they were like, you know, we all think about like, who's our ideal avatar. And we sit down and we're like, there's, there's this one person we have like a really clear idea, but we forget to take into account that our avatar like grows as a person. And then we don't extend the same grace to ourselves as we like change and shift in life. And then the things we need are different and the things we want are different. And as we take action, we get more clarity on what it is that we want and that changes. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like, okay, now I'm going to just in a different season than I was before. So I agree with Jessica. I think you're being too hard on yourself in that.
0: That's always true. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. I'll cop up to it. That's always true. Um, You know what's interesting though? There's a problem. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think a lot of entrepreneurial gurus would say there's a problem. And what you just, by the way, I, I buy into what you just said, by the way. I agree with you. I think that's actually really helpful and smart to categorize them into those two buckets. But there's a problem when people come out and they say, you need to commit to something for five years. You've heard this before. You know what I'm about to say? If you don't have the energy or passion or commitment to see this project through, this business through for like five years, Don't even start. That's an extreme. But I literally read those words from Miles Beckler on Twitter like a week or two ago, and it made me angry. Um, But you hear this advice a lot, right? Like you got to stick with it. You have to persist. Well, that's a problem. If you change and your avatar changes and you're doing different products or you're pivoting what topics you talk about or you're doing all these things in order to catch up, in order to change, in order to stay passionate and energized about whatever the hell you're doing, Um, is that, is that going to work for most people? Um, I, I
2: I see, I feel like I see that differently in the sense that like, I don't think of it as I'm doing one thing and I'm doing it for five years. I think of it as like, I'm committing to a thing and I'm like trying stuff out related to it. And then I'm learning from that and I'm assessing and I'm adjusting and I'm, you know, figuring out my path as I go and I'll see what happens. Um, You know, like it, right. Like, and I'm committing the time and I'm committing energy to it, but it isn't that I have necessarily a specific end game in mind or that I know what the outcome will be, that it's like, I'm open to seeing what comes along and seeing like what the outcome could be like in the future. I don't know if that makes sense. It's a little woo woo, but I think of it as like experimentation and like taking steps and like, and here, I mean, in one thing I can tell you, I just did a launch that didn't, I'm in the middle of one, a launch that like did go, did not go particularly well. Like I thought that, it would be a great idea to post my prices for coaching. Um, I don't think that was a particularly great idea, but I'm le- I'm learning so much from it. Um, there's two things from it. One, over the weekend, there was a like moment where I just I felt liberated, like I was like everything doesn't have to go well. Like, it's totally fine. I'm totally fine. Um, Right. And so in in some ways it was like, I needed that moment of being like, okay, I'm, I, I'm feeling liberated from this because like, it's like the end I'm, I'm allowing whatever to happen. Right. Like all I can do is what I can do. And however it goes, it goes. Right. And whatever the outcome is, I have to let go of that. Um, right. So there was that piece of it. And then uh, I talked to someone about it the other day, who's also a coach and she was like, you know, I just see these as like, this is like my business school tuition. Like you're, you're lost money or you spent, you know, it, but like you're doing this and you learn from it. It's like, this is like your, this is like your personal MBA tuition kind of thing um I don't know right and so I'm learning I'm I'm gonna like do an asset I'm gonna assess and adjust it after I finish the launch and decide what I want to change for the future but I don't necessarily think like I'm not feeling like oh this is such a failure or you know like but I but I will adjust but I will have learned something valuable from it um
4: can I piggyback off that just mm-hmm. um I think that people who say those kinds of things where it's like you have to stick with something for five years or it's not even worth doing. I think that they're really speaking to people who don't have grit and they quit things. But there's a big difference between quitting something because you don't have the grit to see it through and letting go of techniques or tactics that aren't working when you have the awareness that like this thing itself isn't working in this capacity. I'm going to shift from that because like even watching everything you, you've you done, you're not a quitter. So you're not quitting anything that doesn't work, but you, you're you looking at things and you can be like, this isn't working the way that I thought it would. And now I have that awareness and I ha- now I have that knowledge and I can use it to pivot, to let go of what's not working, to pivot towards something that I think is going to work more. Um, and I think giving ourselves grace to do that kind of thing also helps keep us from burnout. I agree. Mm-hmm.
2: One, one thing. Oh, sorry. Can I say, I have to jump in like two seconds, but one question I would want you to ask yourself is do I have too much grit? And am I like pushing past the point in time where like my mind, my body, like stuff is telling me that it's time to shift Um, because I tend to think that, I don't know, those of us who have, mental health challenges and have suffered from burnout and like I think we have like I I used to and I still do at times have way too much grit and I push myself beyond what I should do and in in actuality I love I love what Allison said like it's not quitting it's letting something go that's not serving you um and there's a, there's no. a big difference Sorry. between quitting.
1: Yeah. And, and then, I think just to also um, kind of support that, I think that word um, awareness, I think is really key. Um, you know, that comes with self-awareness of what, what your needs are now, because that, I mean, earlier you guys mentioned the word change. Like we, we change the world changes. The avatars change, our, our circumstances change. And so it would be, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be adaptable if you didn't, um, assess where you are in any given moment and and work off your current needs, not not something that you could sort of set at some point and then cling to. So I, I really like that term, letting go as well.
0: I like it. Okay. Yeah, I have a sorry window. Sorry, guys,
2: here. I have to go. Oh, this one was in, Okay, never mind. But See you later. Oh, sorry. Okay. All right.
0: I'll share it anyways. Um, I told people (laughs) at the end of December and in January, one of my like new year's resolutions in business was no new products in 2022. (laughs) And it felt very liberating when I decided that I was like, Oh, this is kind of nice. Like whenever I have ideas now of anything, new businesses or new projects or anything, I was like, put it on a piece of paper and I forget about it for the rest of the year. That felt really good Uh, until the failed launch i did about a month ago and ever since then i'm like feeling bad like all those things i said i was going to work on in 2022 i just have a really crappy feeling about all of them like literally all of them except for one and it wasn't until just a couple of days ago when i was like i can actually feel that same liberation that same liberating feeling if i just double back on what i said like well i am going to do new products as soon as i like made that decision of like actually every fiber of my being is telling me i need to keep experimenting i'm not in the momentum phase i'm in the build phase like a year ago i was in momentum and now i'm not because nothing has worked in a year and that no new product saying was actually extremely limiting and stressful because i was like i don't want to work on these projects I've launched them multiple times. They don't work. I'm not happy fulfilling them. Like it's not what I think the world needs. It's not what my audience needs. It was like stressing me the hell out. And so, so I decided like, actually I'm just gonna like double back on that. Like, you know what? I have new products, ideas, and I'm gonna test them now. Uh, it was liberating. It's all good. Build, build base. That was cool. It was a good dis- discussion. What time is it? All right. It's time to go. Um, does anybody have anything else they want to share or add? Cool new stuff you've been digging? Cool tools? We haven't done that in like forever. No? Okay. Fair enough. Thank you, guys. That was helpful for me. Hopefully that was also intriguing for us. Actually, I just want to say people.
1: thank you for, because, um, you know, your willingness to share so openly is part of what makes this so
0: helpful. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate that. That I don't have a problem with. <laughs> no problem there. You ask me anything. All right, guys. Y'all have a good day. Bye. Chat later. See you guys.